Hello, this is Melissa, and it is the second Thursday of the month. It is the 8th of February, 2024, and I am talking with Neil Foster today. Hello, Neil. Hi. How are the chickens doing? Chickens are good. Chickens good. are laying. Good. Yeah. Six, seven, eight eggs a day. Yeah, so plenty of uh, bacon and eggs. Yeah, and plenty of eggs getting given away. That's good. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's okay. All right. Yeah, they're happy. Good. Well, I just said that to you right before I hit the record button that you had sent me something earlier today and I had not had a chance to look at it, but it really caught my attention. And so I thought we'd we'd dive in with that one. Okay. Um, Well, it comes from Zero Hedge. Well, I think it was first, it was written by a guy called Michael Snyder, uh, you know, the most important news.com. That's, mm-hmm. that's who gets the credit for that. Uh, but basically, it's uh, just, um, the title is Eight Things That Demonstrate How Truly Bizarre Our Society Is Becoming. I mean, uh, anybody that uh, <laughs> goes outside can kind of see it themselves, I think, if they take five minutes to look. Yeah, the, the first, uh, well, the, the opening paragraph basically says, you know, um, talking about the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy telling the dog that we're not living in Kansas anymore. <laughs> I think that's kind of a, a catchphrase that goes around when people do see things that are kind of bizarre and uh, don't make any sense. And he goes on to say that we now live in a country that appears to be a cross between a really bad science fiction movie and a freak show. And, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. Um, plenty of freaks out there. Um, oh, sorry, I actually saw a video the other day of uh, some guy... Uh, in a hoodie and a bright green kind of wig on hiding <laughs> his face and stuff because he, he punched a, a, a transgender um, opponent uh, in the face and ran onto a bus and the guy just followed him on the bus and said, well, what are you doing? You need to be arrested and it was remarkable because the, the people on the bus were defending the guy who had punched this guy in the face it was just uh, crazy and the guy was screaming like a little girl saying oh he's, he's a terrible man he's just hate speech and all this kind of sign his sign says it's, it's hateful blah 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 you know uh, just I mean pathetic the, the guy clearly mentally ill um, in, a, in a big way but yeah this uh, article talks about um, facial recognition and uh, I saw something today earlier actually on facial recognition and it was I think it's to do with Walmart actually Walmart started using it um, and I think I mentioned before on here that the police uh, uh, I'd spoke to somebody who spoke to a police officer uh, who'd been up there for uh, to get somebody shoplifting and he said that they was, he, was, he was actually amazed at the technology that Walmart had because it was better than what the police had wow. um, but that doesn't surprise anybody does it really? Yeah, yeah. and here they, uh, you know, here they are talking about the TSA and all that stuff and uh, you know facial recognition at the airports. Well, we've, we've known about that for, what, 20 years? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Definitely. Hello? Are you there? I am, yeah. I think yeah, you just I'm got a siren going on, but yeah, we, we, we've been there for a while. Uh, yeah, so it's, um, and CAT2 is this pre-screening thing, so it's almost like a thought crime kind of thing. Uh, if they don't like your face, they're going to pull you aside and say, well, you know, why are you smiling or something? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you smiling going through the airport? Everybody that normally comes here looks quite depressed because they're going to get frisked by some pervert. Mm-hmm. Uh, why are you smiling? You know, something like that. You know, it's 
Yeah. Uh, which I'll have the pleasure of having to do again uh, pretty soon. Absolutely. Uh, it's a kind of psychological evaluation. So if you're not in the right frame of mood, mind or mood to travel, it doesn't matter if you've checked yourself in already. You're not going to board that plane because you were smiling or laughing yeah. or doing something. Well, I mean, every, every time I go in the airport, I, I, I get tense because I know what's coming. Yeah. You know, and uh, you can. And I'm not going to just put up with it quietly. Yeah. You know, you've got, to say, you've got to say something. I just take it. And, uh, you know, but, uh, and, and that makes people nervous. And then they'll go, oh, why are you looking nervous? I'll say, well, you know, that, that guy over there that looks a bit gay to me wants to touch me up. I'm nervous about that. that that's normal. That's what he goes on to say. Number two is that the elite want to make the national borders meaningless. But then he goes on to talk about the the people that you're encountering who are riding public transportation, that these rules of behavior have to be explained in different languages because people evidently don't know that they're not supposed to pee and poop or rape on public transportation. Yeah, that has to be explained to people, does it? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah, peeing and pooping while riding on metro transit vehicles falls under the illegal category according to the signs. Uh, <laughs> they have to put signs up. Uh, I saw something in the liberal mainstream media the other day about San Francisco's drug culture. And it said that the city of San Francisco and all of the different NGOs and outreach programs that deal with drug addicts no longer want to make addiction stigmatized in any way. And that means, you know, one person who was a counselor at one of these centers said, well, what if somebody wants to come, you know, tells me, because this has happened to me before, you know, as a therapist there, that they want to get off drugs. And they were told do not encourage that. You should discourage people from getting off of drugs. There should be no stigma. What you need to do is convey to them how to use drugs responsibly, that there can always be someone there who is equipped with the overdose medication and knows how to handle the situation. And that's the kind of signage that they're getting all over the city of San Francisco is how to use drugs responsibly. But now telling people that they could be clean and sober is evidently kind of a hate crime in San Francisco. Yeah, well, you, you see on these, uh, the, the gambling ads, you know, gamble responsibly. Well, that's an oxymoron because gambling's irresponsible by its very nature. Mm-hmm. So how can you gamble responsibly? You know, it's... Again, it's it's twisting language, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, moving on to the third one. A guy, a guy who beheaded a statue of Satan at the Iowa Capitol has now been charged with a hate crime. So it's it's uh, Satan's a good guy now. Yeah. You're not allowed to uh, dislike Satan anymore. I guess you're supposed to praise him. Uh, I mean, when you do think about that, okay, so a statue, first of all, how does the statue of Satan get at the Iowa Capitol? There's a backstory there. Mm-hmm. But. Well, how, how can a statue be offended? 
Exactly. I mean, see, what you're talking about, the, you know, in, in normal days before people went crazy, that would have been defacing of public property. And, you know, in other words, there are crime categories for that. But hate is truly a bizarre one there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it says vandalism, if mm-hmm. anything, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. But again, what, as you say, why is there a statue of Satan at the, at the Iowa Capitol? Yeah, and we don't know. Yeah. That's something there's to a, find out. There's a reason out. for that, isn't there? Yeah. And it's it just recently been put up, apparently. <laughs> I mean, this this is in the county that I live in, so I'll be. Oh uh, well, well, no, it's not. It's Polk County, Iowa, of course. But I live in Polk County, Florida, different place, of course. Uh, but there we go. Uh, um, so moving on to the next one, um, in Montana, one family just had their fourteen-year-old daughter permanently taken away from them because they wouldn't allow her to transition to a different gender. Uh, no, they wouldn't allow uh, a crazy doctor to cut body parts off them. Mm-hmm. That's that's protecting your child. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not uh, preventing your your child from uh, doing anything that's going to be any good to them. You know, it's uh, everything's backwards. Absolutely. You know, I'm, b- before we move off of that that one, there, I was looking at some different documentaries on a site recently looking for something in particular and this one just came up on the side I believe it's French made but the title of it it's just a little short about 13 minutes long and it's entitled I'm in love with my chatbot now the story is about a French man who is in the midst of a transition dressed like a woman who is in love with his chatbot and tells you in French that this, that, you know, and, and it's sad. I mean, I was watching that from the point of view of someone who is so damaged and lonely and alone. And it, it's just a, it's, it's really a sad thing, but. Yeah. You know, I mean, but uh, I, I, again, you know, I, this this child, this fourteen year old girl, is, is clearly um, damaged mm-hmm. mentally. If, uh, who's who's talked her into that? That's that's the thing. Is it, in in this case, it's not the parents clearly, um, because they're uh, they've been prosecuted for trying to stop her. But uh, since when did a fourteen year old girl have the 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 uh, ability to make a decision like that? Somebody somebody's persuaded her that this was the thing to do. Yeah. And it's them that should be prosecuted. Absolutely. You know, so again, it's it's all backwards. Uh, she apparently told her friends that she wanted to commit suicide. Well, she's clearly mentally ill then. Yeah. Clearly. So, and in, um, in this case, it is completely that there is no one there to help the parents. The it says the Republican governor. Mm-hmm. was confronted about the case, and he defended the decision. Of course, child protective services are anything but about protecting children. Uh, well, again, that's, that's become an oxymoron in itself as well, yeah. isn't it? If, mm-hmm. if, this, if this can be done to a child, yeah, yeah. you're not, protect, you're not no. protecting anybody. Mm-mm. You're not protecting the child, you're not protecting the parents. Um, well, you're not, well, the family's got to go, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> so this, this whole family's going to be destroyed through this because the daughter's going to be butchered and the parents are going to get a criminal record. And, uh, they, won't, and they won't get the daughter back either. No. I'm sure. Mm. Well, it say, oh yeah, it says you're permanently taken away. Terrible. So that's that. 
you know, that's that family done. So, uh, she, <laughs> it says that the Child Protective Services determined that she needed to transition to get better. Uh, this is, this is nuts. It's beyond bizarre. It's evil. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. it's evil. I mean, I think a better headline for this would be eight signs that our society has become truly evil. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if uh, that guy would be prosecuted if he'd uh, beheaded a statue of uh, Jesus. I doubt it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean maybe, frankly, maybe, no, maybe I, I doubt go it. Maybe find one and uh, see what happens there. Well, he'll be hard-pressed uh, to find a statue of Jesus. Well, true, true, yeah, even in a church. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and this one, the next one, I guess, if you want to move on. Mm-hmm. Well, number five. Um, it's in Montana again. It's been reported at a bioagent super lab. Uh, I'm not sure about this one. I think uh, that's that could be something they're just putting out to get everybody back, back onto the the Chinese thing. I don't know. Um, but who knows? They're saying that um, they're uh, messing about with all these deadly diseases and stuff, and even the plague. Whatever the plague is, I've never heard anybody define what the plague is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the black plague. Oh, what's that? what is that? What's the disease called? Oh, it's just a plague. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the plague is. Uh, but uh, it sounds bad. It does sound bad. Now, this one, um, I'd have to check. The, uh, somebody sent me a, a very similar story about infecting animals with deadly pathogens that was... Uh, probably a year ago, and I'm not sure if it was the same Rocky Mountain Lab or not, but that's, that article had the same thing. It's got ties to Wuhan, and there is an element, I'm with you on that, that it's just like trying to keep this whole... Uh, well, they actually mentioned the Wuhan Institute of Virology uh, in this. Yeah. So yeah. they're tying it back to there. Yeah, so. um, and they're using the distressing new images uh, show animals being infected. Well, you know, where's the distressing images of these uh, children who are getting the body parts cut off? Why, why aren't they on the news? Well, where's the distressing images of the fallout? I mean, if we're going to talk about people who've been injected with toxins, let's talk about the the jabs that people just got in their arms. Or, or on, on the mainstream media, where are the people that are, or the children that are... Uh, been blown to pieces in, in Gaza. Yeah. For that matter. Yeah. Where so. are they? Uh, yeah. It's, um, well, it's talking about images. I guess that moves us on to the next one. Yeah. Uh, during a Senate hearing on Wednesday, Ted Cruz asked Mark Zuckerberg why Instagram users are given the option to see results anyway when attempting to pull up images of child sexual abuse. So here's these uh, perverts looking, looking, actively looking right. for images of child sexual abuse and uh, you would you would think that uh, it would be the responsibility of these these companies to not allow these things to be on their their servers at all mm-hmm. and yet no 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 oh no uh, you know you get two choices get resources or see results anyway mm-hmm. um, so basically Zuckerberg is promoting child sexual abuse on Facebook or whatever it's called now uh, Meta and mm-hmm. um, why is he in prison yeah. 
You know, this is the thing that Alan would say all the time about these so-called FBI stings and that kind of thing that you have where they'll bust a ring of, you know, two dozen abusers in an area. They know they know where everybody is on the Internet. It is so easy for them to figure out who's doing what. And in this case, it's meta themselves mm-hmm. promoting this. But even in the case of just people who are uh, pulling it up and on the hunt for it, they know they don't have to do stings. elaborate operations they know who these people are this has been actively promoted since the beginning of the internet because that as alan would say was the whole point of it sex 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 lots of pornography Mm -hmm. on the internet well i mean these as far as i'm aware these senate hearings you have to you have to um swear just like you're in a court Mm -hmm. uh that you're going to tell the truth Mm -hmm. now why why bother with this why why not just take the guy straight to court yeah and be done with it and, and, and force them to answer because you don't have to necessarily answer the questions at these places either you can scut around them but if he's in a court of law if, if that such a thing still exists these days but uh, ideally uh, if it did and he was he was put in front of a, a court and a jury this this guy would be in prison yeah without a doubt yeah so uh, <laughs> there you go but he's, he's going to get away with it of course oh yeah uh, as are they all uh, and they, go ahead. No, go on, go on. Well, I was going to say that the coverage that I have read of this has been quite sympathetic to Zuckerberg saying, you know, in a rare display of contrition and emotion, Zuckerberg apologizes, you know, so he's being dealt with quite gently and... Well, I mean, that's, that's the same as a, a guy walks into a bank with a you know, an automatic weapon and guns down half the employees and steals the money and just says, sorry, well, you know, sorry, made a mistake. What's the difference? Well, he's... He it's, it's a crime. It's a crime. Yeah. There shouldn't be any apologising for it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think Ted Bundy would have got away with it if he'd said sorry in court. Yeah. Now, there's, there's absolutely no comeback on these big companies. They, you know, they exist to degrade culture and to censor our free speech because the you know they're private businesses so there's no recourse you know oh well as a private business we can censor this or call this hate speech or decide that we don't want you on the platform well I mean private businesses are still staffed by uh, people right well, they are uh, but you find for, for when the you free speech? Uh, yeah <laughs> You you find that the corporation has a unique position in our culture. It's a, a quite protected yeah. but status. The, the, the individual employees work for the corporation, but uh, maybe someone needs to have a look at the contract and see what it says there about speaking. Yeah. Are, are there clauses in there that say you can't discuss uh, anything to do with the company? Because that that uh, if that's the case for this character's business then that means you can't talk about anything because everything in the world is on his platform. Mm-hmm. Every, every topic, every subject from every angle is on his website. Mm-hmm. So you can't talk about anything, right? Well, well that is what they want. That, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's their, their dream is for us to be completely muzzled. Yeah, but as, as you say, I mean, the, the FBI and these, uh, these special device squads, uh, as they tend to be called, uh, 
you know, they 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 know exactly who's looking at what. I'm, I'm sure they they have uh, red flags go up as soon as somebody hits one of these sites, mm-hmm. and they've got their IP address and know exactly where mm-hmm. they live. Mm-hmm. You know, they they could they could be pulling these guys out of houses all over the world any time of day or night if they wanted to, if they wanted to, if they wanted to, and they yeah. clearly don't. I think I think uh, a lot of these people they're they're just looking for ones that may have, uh, you know, maybe maybe. Maybe it's somebody high up, say, or a member of the, you know, the judiciary or something like that, and they can they can use them. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got this on you. You'll you'll do this. You'll do that. We've got a case coming up. Uh, this guy's uh, going to get off, right? And it's going to be a technicality, and we're going to make sure that we do something that's going to cause technicality, and uh, you're going to make a decision that the court the case is thrown out, and they'll go free. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows why they don't do anything? Because there must be people. I'm sure. Well, there must be people in the police and the FBI and places like that who actually join up thinking they're going to do good. But um, clearly, they're not uh, put in any position of power where they can do any good. No. I, in my I, opinion. I I think that's probably a, a fair assessment. You know, I think that. Yeah. Personality so, profiles on these people make sure that, you know, the ones who go along to get along will be promoted. You're, you're still breaking up a bit. I'm kind of missing out some of your words. Ah, uh, well, I, I just said I, I, I think you're right that, that people are promoted based on how willing they are to go along with whatever. Yeah, I, I think that works in there. Uh, that probably works in uh, Facebook as well. Yeah. You know, um, are you willing to uh, go after this particular person who's talking about uh, vaccines in a, in a negative way? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll do that, Mark. No problem. Okay, you're you're the you're the head of that department now. Well, remember that Facebook. I don't remember the gentleman's name now or his title, but Facebook had a senior executive at the event two hundred one uh, exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, as did Firefox, Mozilla, Firefox, you know. So. And that, that was all about stifling free speech. Absolutely. And dissent. Yeah. yeah. So, where's that ticket? Number seven. Uh, cashless society. Well, you know, it, it's, it's probably, it, it, I don't think that's really in the same category as the rest of them, but uh, it is a sign that things are, you know, I, I keep saying to people, as soon as cash goes, we're done. And they don't understand. They say, well, look how many times you... I mean, I'm sure everybody's done it. They've gone to the store and the person in front of them's having a problem with the card. You know, I'm sure it's happened to everybody because I see it. I see it plenty of times uh, when I'm in this store. And uh, every time it happens, I say to the person, that's why you should always use cash. You know, and there was a guy... Actually, there was a guy in front of me in the, one of the DIY stores here the other day. I was getting some stuff. And he... He swiped his card over the machine, you know, and uh, the lady said, oh, we don't have that technology yet, but it's coming. And, she's all right. and I said to him, she said, you're better using cash anyway. And I says, um, it used to be that, uh, you know, if, if you got, if you walked out the store or you walked out the street or something, you could only be robbed for what was in your pocket uh, because that's all you had was cash. And now uh, they can just raid your bank account uh, remotely from India or anywhere. Uh, there's never been so much fraud in the world as there is now. Because everything's online. Mm-hmm. I says cash is the safest thing you could ever have. And he agreed. And then he paid with his card. 
He was only, get, he was only getting three volts, so it was like three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I nearly gave him the three dollars. I said, geez, you know, what are you doing? So, yeah, you see them, you see them all over the place. I, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't go into any of these fast food places or anything, but they're in there paying for coffee and everything with their cards or their phones and, you know, I see, I see them in the store, they've maybe got one item, it's like three or four dollars, oh, swipe the phone over the thing, there you go. They have no idea how much is coming off their account. No. <laughs> Just, well, I don't know how they, I don't know how they keep track. You know, well, I've, I've got a, I've got a spreadsheet for the house here, and I, I put down everything that's spent, so I know exactly what's in the bank. I check the bank every morning, make sure somebody's not robbed it. Yeah. No, the, these and are... I've, I've caught them. I've caught them a few times. Fraudulent things in the middle of the night. You better be careful, Neil. You you really better be careful about how you approach things in line at the store and even what you say to me in a recording because they are going to start arresting dinosaurs soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I almost always am paying with cash, and you know, yeah. people. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, it's 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 almost like the way they've taught the uh, the tellers and the banks and all the rest of it not to be able to count. Because if you give somebody cash in a bank for that, they've got to count out. Then they've got to use a calculator. Then they've got to write it down. Mm-hmm. And you've only given them like five twenty dollar notes, and they can't work out that's a hundred dollars. No. Yeah, they've got it. it's just, and you see it in their eyes. Oh, what they can be? Oh, what is it? What is this? Oh, it's cash. I've never seen a hundred dollars before. You know, it's, like, it's, it's nuts. And they, they have to, they have to work out the change and the on the machine, you know. And the the, the most uh, obvious example of that is, uh, you know, say something comes to, you know, seven, say, I don't know, seventeen dollars twenty-five, just for argument's sake, and you give them, you know, you, you give them the. Uh, I'll try, I'll try to work this out in my head now, what, what I'm talking about. Um, you know, you, you give them the 25 cents there, mm-hmm. and they can't work out that they have to give you $3 back. Oh, Neil, that happens to me all the time because I truly am a dinosaur, and I have a little coin pouch with me. Well, you give them 225 so that's yeah. what I mean. So you give them 225 Well, I'm, I'm quick about it. You know, I never hold up anybody. I uh, First of all, when I shop, I keep track in my head, so I'm pretty darn close by the time I get up yeah. to the cash register as I'll to how much thing, I've yeah. spent. And then I've got my cash ready, and I love giving exact change. It's quick. And I usually yeah. have it. And you get all those coins out of your pocket. Yeah. So, but, I mean, we are dinosaurs, but I know that happens all the time where I'll give them, you know, the, the 25 cents and it's $3 back. And sometimes they look at me blankly and I just say, it's it's $3. Three. Yeah. They give me the, they, I've, I've done that and they've given me the change back. Yes. And, yeah. And I'm going, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are you giving me that back? Yeah. Then, then the, they give you the... The, re- the, the, register, the register tells them what to do. And even though you were... Because I, I always beat the register. You know, I don't want oh, them yeah. to have the problem. So I have the cash right there. And it's like, no, no. It's... Well, in that, in that, example, in that example, where you give them the 25 cents, and they'll, they'll turn around and give you 275. Mm-hmm. And I give you the 25 cents back. I, I make a point of giving them all the change banks. Says, just give me a dollar bill for that, will you? Mm-hmm. That's what I tried to do in the first place, you know. But they still don't get it. You know, yeah. Why are you giving me that back? It's because I don't want coins. That's why I gave you them. 
<laughs> well, you remember what they you remember what they did at the beginning of COVID was you just you, you couldn't use coins because in fact you couldn't use cash in a lot of places. That really helped. That pushed a lot of people even further yeah. away from cash because cash was dirty, dirty. Well, I, I don't remember at the time. Filthy lucre. Everybody's using a card and touching the screen. Yes. <laughs> And the, I go, everybody in the store just touched that. Everyone that's come through your checkout just touched that screen. Yeah. I don't yeah. see you washing it. I don't yeah. see you cleaning it with that bleach or anything. <laughs> you know, here's my cash, take it or leave it. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the point is, if, uh, you know, if you had cash over, they have, they have no sign up saying we don't accept cash. You can just leave the cash and walk out and that's it. You've paid. Yes. Yep. As long as you don't refuse to pay, they can't do a thing about it. Yeah. It's still legal tender. Even if they say they don't take it. That's right. Well, they can't refuse it. Yeah. You know, they can't refuse it. But, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe we need uh, number eight, and maybe some of these uh, checkout people and bankers actually need this thing to be able to count. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, the, the brain chip, the first one apparently has been implanted in a human subject, and if uh. anybody needs it's the first one, uh, then they probably need a brain chip. Neil, um, this is the most ridiculous thing. I mean, first of all, from the moment that Elon Musk announced the Neuralink several mm -hmm. years ago that just that's laugh out loud silly it's mm -hmm. just so silly they I, I think we're at nanotechnology smart dust whatever they want in us and this is kind of scary but it can be aerosolized, I would imagine. I mean, we are so far down the road. I remember Alan always talked about the three levels of science. So yeah. the neural link is something that is about the diameter of a quarter, maybe a quarter of an inch thick. Yeah. And I, I said this the other day. Oh, I heard, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, this, this is just ludicrous. It's such a it, joke. I mean, you talk, you talk about dinosaurs. This is dinosaur technology. Absolutely. This is, this is nothing. I mean, we, we, we see them. They, they openly brag about all these little drones they've got that are like hummingbirds and, uh, you know, mosquitoes, you know, robotic mosquitoes and all this kind of thing. And you think, well, and you need something the size of a quarter to put in somebody's head. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm. You know, <laughs> it's just uh, it's crazy. But uh, it was on ABC News, so it must be true. It must be. No, yeah. I, we are way, way, way light years beyond what they're showing us in the brain chip technology. And, you know, a lot of people have posed the question, what is in... I think, I think you're gone again. Are you there? Hello, cut off again. Yeah. 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 Where's, where's, where's our new link for the internet when you want one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They can't so, get the internet working, but they can put chips in your head. Yeah. yeah. No, so, I, I, I think we're, we are, uh, we're so far beyond this. It's Well, even, even if, uh, you, you know, you're talking about smart dust and we're talking about nanotechnology. Well, you know, I, I remember Alan saying many times that these guys are 100 years ahead. Mm -hmm. So what do they really have? Yes. yes. <laughs> we have no idea. No. We have no idea, no. you know. And I, I did, uh, you know, people, people in Ireland that say, "Oh, well, you guys are okay. You've got guns over there." I say, "Yeah, but guns will be useless against the kind of weapons that are put against us. The guns are only going to be any use to protect yourself against somebody who's got a gun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's it. You know, somebody who's trying to steal your food or something. That's that's the only 
good the, the guns are going to do you. No, we we you know, are. Uh, if the militia comes for you, then forget it. Yeah, no, we you know, we've got a government that since since World War Two has been way 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 beyond, if not earlier, what they are sharing with the public, and and it's a very lopsided equation. Yeah, I mean it's a. Uh, it's, it's laughable. I hear people say, you know, uh, when they were talking about automatic weapon bans and all this kind of thing, and uh, basically, you know, the, the Constitution, the right to bear arms, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't limit us to, uh, it doesn't limit us in what weapons we can have. We should have this. We are, we are very much entitled to have the same uh, weapons as the military, so that we can defend ourselves against the military. If anybody really thinks that the public are going to get access to military-grade weapons, uh, they're, they're delusional. Mm-hmm. Delusional. Why, why would any government give you the ability to uh, fight on equal terms? Because it wouldn't be equal terms, because there's far more of the public than the military. Uh, you'd win, wouldn't you? Yes. No. Hmm? Nope. I tell you what, the, the, the days of, you know, God and guns and, you know, pr- you'll pry this out of my cold, dead hands. I mean, we're, we are... We're talking microwave technology, drones. Well, no, I, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what I mean. The sound, sound weapons, and all this kind of thing. Yeah. You, you got a bunch of guys coming up with a gun, and you just flick a switch, and that's it. You, you're holding your hands over your ears and doubled over in pain. That's it. Yeah. yeah that's it. But we've we've seen this happen at uh, protests already. So yes. why why would people think they wouldn't use it on you? You know, they've already done it. Um. I guess uh, that's that's a good segue into. Did I send you the one about Yuval, that uh, that little weasel, Harari? <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. Human rights are fiction, just like God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first thing I thought of when I, I read that is, well, uh, that that gives somebody somebody the uh, the right to go up and uh, shoot this guy because he's got no rights, right? Mm-hmm. He's got no rights to live because he's not got any human rights. Yep. That's so, right. surely it applies to everybody. Uh, but um, yeah, this guy—he's—he's <laughs> uh, he, this guy was born in Israel, but he—he uh, he denies that there's any such thing as Israel. I wonder how that works in his mind. Yeah. Uh, he's a but, character. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think that they give us these so-called public intellectuals, um, you know, to take the heat. He's somebody that Klaus Schwab can trot out and you can go, are you kidding me? Is there really somebody yeah. that, yeah. Well, I, I think of him as Klaus Schwab's little bird warmer. <laughs> um, but uh, he's little, uh, he's little, you know, instead of the instead of the white cat, he's probably got Yuval Harari sitting in his lap <laughs> and stroking his, stroking his bald head, you know. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this as you say, he's, he's trotted out to, to put the sound bite out, really. mm-hmm. uh, and the more extreme the better. Yeah. Uh, because uh, of course we're all useless humans, God man. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do with all these useless humans? Uh, we're going to give them video games and drugs. And uh, well, you know, I'm I'm saying to Paula yesterday that this came up, and uh, you know, I'm I've no interest in drugs or video games. So what are you going to do with me? You know, and there's many many more like us who aren't interested in that. So what are you going to do with us? Uh, we're we're not the useless humans he's talking about, are we? If he thinks that's the solution. So we must have some use in society, surely. Well. And he only believes that useless humans should have no rights. 
So I guess I guess he classes himself as a useful human. So that's maybe why he's got rights. Of course. Because he's not useless. No. Because he produces things, right? He can make things and uh, do something good for the world, can't he? Can he? <laughs> well, no, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's produced nothing except um, yeah. verbal diarrhoea. Yeah. Hot, hot, I mean, hot even air. Call, even, even to call this guy an intellectual. I mean, that who who came up with that phrase? Mm-hmm. Intellectuals. Mm-hmm. That's that's the title they've given themselves. The guy's the guy's a psychopath. Yes. That's all. Yeah. I mean, let's call him what he is. He's not an intellectual. No. He's just but, uh, a guy who's been put in the right school and uh, brought up in a certain way and told this is what you're going to say and that's it. Yeah. He's not coming out with this stuff himself. No, no, no. Th- that's the thing. That's the thing that a lot of people, you know don't understand or or don't wrap their heads around when you look at, you have to look at not just one little thing that this person said but the the say the books he's written these books um i don't remember he had a very provocative title to his bestseller but this was done for him he also comes out on a regular basis you'll have a magazine kind of a fluff piece that talks about his commitment to vipassana um, meditation with the silent retreat and how he has to do that you know two weeks or four weeks out of every year and that recharges us well all he's doing is pushing, you know, he's like an influencer. He's just pushing a brand of yeah. of meditation. So you have to ask yourself, why? Rather than think about Yuval Harari as someone to hate because he's just, the things he says are so outrageous, you ask yourself, why do the elite want us thinking about these things? Why are the elite who are so secretive in their agenda for so many years starting to say these kinds of things, even down to the World Economic Forum's sound bites about owning nothing and being happy? Why, when it's so easy to control information, are we to know these things? And I think part of it is because this is the time of huge demoralization. Yeah, he, he also uh, he's, he's contradicting his uh, his fellow greenies as well when he says like just just as jellyfish and woodpeckers and ostriches have no rights, Homo sapiens have no rights. Well, animals have got more rights than we do. They're free. That's right. They can go exactly where they want to go, any time of day or night. Uh, eat what they want out of people's. They can actually steal their crops. They can do anything. But I I I think there was something in the media quite a while ago about some jellyfish that were actually a protected species. And oh, I think sure. woodpecker, woodpeckers are as well, I believe, in some parts. Yeah. And I'm sure ostriches are in certain parts as well. But um, what, what, about, what about the lions, the tigers, and the bears? All those protected species, they've got rights, haven't they? Because they're protected. Mm-hmm. They must have rights. Or they wouldn't be protected. You can go out and shoot one if you wanted to. Yeah. So, you know. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, if this guy's an intellectual, use the example of you know you you dissect a human body and you can't find any rights in there. Well, nobody <laughs> said you could. <laughs> you know, nobody said nobody ever uh, espoused that. What what he's saying is that the that human beings don't have souls, right? Mm-hmm. That's really what he's saying. You can't find that either, which means you, there's there's no God, right? That's what he's saying. Yeah. So he's a. Uh, He's an atheist. He doesn't believe. Well, this guy doesn't really believe in anything, does he? 
Well, yes, that's the thing, is that we don't really know. I mean, like you said, psychopath is, is a better label for him, which means that he will say anything for the paycheck and the lifestyle that he has been afforded by his uh, grand poobah status as a public intellectual. But I don't know that he believes anything that comes out of his mouth. What I always find interesting and you see this conveyed in science fiction movies all the time. But if you look at any major university like an MIT or, you know, Harvard or whatever, you are going to find lots and lots of well-funded programs that are looking for things like the part of the brain where religious or spiritual thoughts emanate from the quest that they have had for what you might call the soul or what makes humans uniquely human is something that has never been off of their minds in terms of um, research and funding for programs this is a key element of what they're about this is a recurring theme in all of their research and all of their writing. And so the elite themselves, the transhumanist, I can't remember, um, is it Ray Kurzweil? You know, he's yeah, famous. Well. Yeah, he's yeah. famously said a few things, but many of them have said similar things about the transference of consciousness and memory and cognitive ability, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they aren't just talking about transferring skills or even necessarily memories or anything like that what the, the the idea behind transhumanism is that the entire personality everything that makes them them gets transferred do you think that any one of them can point to any study that we've seen at our level that says this is what is happening in the gray matter when you have this thought oh they tell us oh yeah we've met we, we can see a lot of activity here and we showed this person an image of violence and we saw a lot of activity there you know there's but what is essentially human they haven't a clue about it well, they, they can't because they have no, they have no humanity in them, and, and no. they have no ability to understand human emotion, no. which is make, which is what makes us human, right? Right. So, um, it's, uh, and and you can you can tell by the way they talk, because nothing they say, what's the word, resonates with anything human. Yes. You, you listen to it; and it's all just it's just a jumble of words that mean absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and wouldn't make sense to a child. You know, if you if you put it in childish language, they, what are you talking about? You know, uh, you know. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it because we don't think like them, of course. As Alan was uh, awfully fond of saying, we we can't we can't really get into the way they think because they they don't think the way that we do, or the, they don't think the the way the vast vast majority of humanity thinks. Doesn't matter what culture they're from. Uh, you know, we all have our, our own human traits, good, bad, and different, whatever. But, uh, you know, the vast majority of people uh, have emotions, have the ability to reason. Well, they're supposed to have the ability to reason. <laughs> uh, supposed to have common sense. You know, we're, we're all those things we're supposed to have. Uh, these guys have no clue. 
like 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 Ali would, would say again, you know, if if you're unpredictable, these guys don't like it. Well, if you're unpredictable, that means they don't know you, right? That's right. So that's the best way to be is unpredictable. Just don't do the same thing. I, I used to make a habit of just, uh, I stopped doing that a long time ago, but uh, you know how you get the, the news feed comes up when you're thing, mm-hmm. and all, all these things are put up there. You look at I just click every one of them, maybe 20 <laughs> of them in a row, and then they go, well, work that out. Work out what my interests are from that. You know. um, just be unpredictable. Click on, just click on any old abstract rubbish. You know, do 20, open up 20 tabs and shut them all in and go back to your daily grind, you know. I'll let them work that out. I'll probably think it's just irrational. <laughs> <laughs> but you're unpredictable. I've got to watch that guy. You know. Now that, uh, that, that there is something there that, that they cannot figure out. And really this does, in a, in a way, it gets so deep into what Alan was always saying is, you know, think for yourself, be an individual, be, you know, it's the unique you don't don't just parrot, don't listen to what other people are saying and go, oh, yeah, that's it. Really use your brain to work things out for yourself because they count on the majority of the people agreeing with group consensus. I mean, the Redex that I just now put up this last week was Alan was talking about... um, group consensus and he was just disgusted that this kind of persuasion and trying to get you to go along with the group was being employed around the vaccinations, the COVID vaccine. He said there's no room for informed consent. There's no room. It is forbidden for you to ask questions or think or want to be informed. What their, their counter to this for the last four years has been, well, most people think that a vaccine is a good idea. Most people are getting uh, their second vaccine. Most people are getting boosted. And there, there has been much, much, much effort in the last four years to showing us what the group consensus is. Millions and millions and millions of dollars spent on getting a group consensus and then forcing everyone else to accept the group consensus. But there has been not even an an attempt for people to use their own cognitive ability because that was not what Operation COVID was about. Operation COVID was about forcing compliance so that they could bring out the next big phase of the agenda, which is yeah. unfolding all around us. Yeah, and all the, all the, uh, all the things they want to get in place mm-hmm. uh, to, to move us forward. Yeah, they? like it's, being able to uh, take your child away because you don't agree with her having being mutilated at the age of 14. And so you've yeah. permanently... You don't agree with some doctor yes. interfering in the family. That's right. Uh, persuading your child to do yeah. this to themselves. Oh. Not to do it to themselves. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm brainwashed. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's what they disagree with. Uh, yeah, uh, that's it. They tell you you're not allowed to do that because uh, you're not the parent anymore. The mm. state's now the parent. And uh, they will uh, tell you what they can and can't do to your child, which uh, I don't know if I sent you this one, actually. 
I just got this reaction. Uh, we'll just be quick on it. Uh, the scandal of how the government shut down its ethics committee after it tried to intervene on the vaccination of children. So this is a, the COVID shots. Mm-hmm. And the, the, somebody in the ethics committee must have had some ethics and brought up that, you know, uh, we shouldn't be doing this to children. This is dangerous. And uh, they shut the whole committee down. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm not shocked. But November last year. Yeah. But uh, that's not a surprise, is it, really? No. Um, we, we all know all these committees and everything are all set up to to either fail, uh, cost millions and millions of pounds or dollars, uh, and uh, no outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, no outcome for the victims. Never. Yep. No. Maybe, maybe they'll throw a few crumbs to a few people to, to as a publicity stunt, but um, the vast majority, like the these uh, vaccine injury compensation schemes that all the governments seem to have, but they still still tell you that vaccines are safe. You know, there's, there's something wrong with that, isn't there? Yes. Yeah, yeah but they'll throw a few crumbs to, to a few people, uh, get them on television and say, oh, I got money for that. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then everybody else goes, oh, I'll try and get it. And then by the time it comes through, if it does it at all, uh, they're dead. Could That's take 20 right. 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they get nothing. But um, moving on with the COVID uh, uh, plot, we should call it. Uh, I sent you the one about the... Um, from the Telegraph about uh, the brutal reality of martial law, how it works. Now, yes. That, that was brought out in 2019, just in time, just just to just to get it into people's mind what martial law was, and uh, we saw it on on during COVID. All we all we didn't see, although in some cases we did, uh, was the military on the street with guns. That was all that was missing mm-hmm. in a lot of cases in a lot of countries, and. Uh, they didn't really need the military because that, the, the cops all suited out in black Kevlar with mm-hmm. their guns. Mm-hmm. They don't have to have uh, camouflage uniforms on uh, to be martial law, does it? They don't have to be military. Yeah, no. Militarised police. That'll do. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I think this was just terminology because what you saw, what, what you saw was not just militarised police, but you saw... Um, security guards in big stores who would pin someone down <clears throat> to the point where they couldn't breathe because they had dared to enter the store without a mask, th- those kinds of things. So you had militarized police and you had emboldened uh, Karens, both male and female, who would just take the yeah. law into their own hands. Yeah. Clipboard authoritarians. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a clipboard, a uniform, and a badge, and I'll do what exactly mm-hmm. I'm told. Yeah, I've got a bit of power. I was, I was nothing. I was a dropout at school. I've never been educated, but uh, oh my God, I've got a clipboard and a badge now. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it out on these people who think yeah. they're better than me. Yeah. That kind of thing. Uh, the, the, the ones who think if they do that, they're, they're going to somehow climb a ladder somewhere <laughs> and, yeah. and get a better job. No, they're not. Uh, they're too stupid. Um. But yeah, the, the, I mean, it, uh, there was a little bit that went with this, and I, I missed it. I don't know. I saved it somewhere actually, um, and the guy kind of went through what the similarities were between what happened in COVID. Oh, here it is here. Uh, between what the similarities with what happened during COVID and the this article. That mm-hmm. was that's why it uh, mm-hmm. was brought up again. Um, but uh, it, it kind of goes through step by step. With the, with the quotes from the article, 
2019, the media seeded the idea of martial law in the UK using a no-deal Brexit uh, as an excuse for why it might happen. Now, when I heard about this um, no-deal Brexit was going to lead to all these kind of problems, I'm thinking, well, how does that make any sense? Just because you pull out of the European Union, suddenly we're going to have martial law. Well, hold on. Uh, where do they get that idea? You know, because you've decided you don't want to be part of a big uh, Soviet-style organisation, uh, somehow uh, there's going to be war in your own country. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, nonsensical rubbish. But uh, so, they, so they didn't bring it out for that reason. They brought it out to prepare you for what was coming with COVID, right? Right. Not to do with that. Um, but the the uh, one of the reasons uh, and why it's pertinent now is the only thing that would be comparable would be something like a major Europe-wide war. Now, what we're seeing them pushing for? Yes. War with Russia, which is going to be Europe-wide, obviously, mm-hmm. because uh, all of Western Europe will be set against, well, even some of the, <laughs> I, I don't know, some of these Eastern European countries might go back to the Russian side, who knows? Uh, I heard that said many times in Bulgaria after they joined the EU. You know, a lot of the older Bulgarians said, I wish we were still with Russia because we all had jobs then. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, a European wild war would instigate uh, martial law. Again, why? Why? I, I never understood the reason for that either. Well, why, why? Why can't you just go about your business if somebody drops a bomb in here? That's your fault, right? <laughs> um, you, you're, out, you're out and about doing your thing. I, I, I think the the war. I, I think more than the actual. Um, mechanism of what would happen if you were under martial law is the wartime scenario. And I think that's an important thing. You said this. I wanted to get into uh, shortages before we run out of time mm-hmm. here. But you said yourself here that it that these things were preparing people's minds for things to come. Why don't they need you to be under actual martial law? Because they demonstrated to themselves in the last four years that they could get the wartime scenario out of people without actually having soldiers on the streets with guns. They could get people to stay in their homes for weeks at a time. They could get people to line up at at just the right time at the grocery store and not take more than their one dozen eggs or their package of toilet paper or whatever, and to live, to deal with the fact that, I'm sorry, but you... Yes, yes. That is a wartime scenario, and they were able to achieve that without martial law. They did it once. They can do it again and again, and you mentioned yeah, and, to and the me. Other, the other, yeah, one of the other things in this is uh, depending on the situation, well, there's no definition of what that situation is. Right. It is possible the authorities could, could forcibly remove you from your home mm-hmm. in order to acquire the property for the government, confiscate or even destroy it without having to pay compensation, and legislation also allows... Which means the previous paragraph I just read is legislation, right? Yes. Which says legislation also allows. So yeah. that, that's in place. Yeah. So I don't know why they use the word could, because they've obviously made a lot to allow them to do it. Uh, legislation also allows for the destruction of animal or plant life, which means they can come into your house and uh, destroy your pets, or they can go to a farm, destroy the farm animals, mm-hmm. or just take them uh, for the military, uh, and come into your uh, vegetable garden and destroy it. Mm-hmm. Because you're feeding yourself. Yeah, now this is, uh, 
you know, Alan used to read the this little. Um, it was like a, a sustainable green quotes, and I'll have to look that mm-hmm. up and find that. But he the must have. Agenda. Yes, he he read from that numerous numerous times, and there was a woman. She was. Um, she's still on the go in politics in Great Britain, but she was the one who said, in order for us to address the climate emergency, we're going to have to have wartime scenario rationing, et cetera, et cetera. Is that the Canadian lady? No, she's, she's the English and, um, I. Intellectual. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, she's an English politician, and I I, oh. I I just read about her in you know some doing something in politics not too long ago. But yeah, she's still, you know, twenty years or so she's been spouting her you know climate emergency nonsense. nonsense. Yeah, but that's what you were you were talking about you uh, climate lockdowns. That's exactly the kind of scenario that this. Uh, British politician wanted, and they have proven to themselves in the last four years that 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 they can do that. If what, they tell, I, I, go ahead. Did I send you the thing about uh, the Canadian government wanting to put uh, climate change into the uh, pandemic agreement? Yes, you did. The WHO pandemic. Yeah. Well, there did. you go. There's there's, a, there's a, a permanent state of emergency. Right? Yes. Yes. So there you go, martial law. Yeah. You can't go. You can't be driving your car. You can't do. You can't be going out. You're breathing too much. Yeah, I I came up with. I don't know if I still have it open, but when I was researching some things for the Redux that went up Sunday, I was looking at the World Health Organization, and unfortunately. I don't, I don't think I kept those articles up, but essentially what a, a listener had given me the heads up. He had said, don't, don't describe this as a treaty because this is non-binding. Your governments have a decision on how this is implemented. These are regulation. People need to be, um, to, to not feel defeated by having the word treaty, treaty, or binding treaty, you know, that psychic driving or that repetition over and over. And when I looked into the WHO, sure enough, the latest article, it might have been New York Post or, you know, one of the raggier type papers, was talking about this being a binding treaty. And it isn't. But that is the message. Even Tedros Ghebreyesus, he said the same thing recently, that um, the countries needed to get on board. Why would anybody be listening to that terrorist? Yes, I know. know, I mean, I I, I say that to people. I think I might have mentioned that before. I've said that to people. You know the guy running the WHO telling you to get a vaccination is a a wanted terrorist in his own country? He can't even go back there or he'd be arrested. I see what you're talking about. He says he can't go back to Ethiopia because he's wanted for uh, crimes against humanity. And they, they, they don't believe you. Well, look it up. Yeah. Look it up. I says he, he, his, the organization he was involved in uh, was on the uh, United States terrorist watch list. Yeah. For many years. Yeah. I says go look it up. Oh, that can't be right. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, what you just mentioned there, and then I think we'll probably have to wrap it up quickly, but what you just mentioned there is that recently a conservative member of Canadian Parliament 
posted something that was in response to an access of basically their freedom of information request. And it said, as countries prepare to finalize the WHO Global Pandemic Accord, and that's properly what it should be called, the liberals have been lobbying the WHO to include climate change in the definition of a pandemic emergency. And I think that people need to understand this Right from the beginning, in Klaus Schwab's book on COVID-19 and the Great Reset, he also talks about the idea that there could be a climate component to how this pandemic started, and that as the as global warming continues unabated, we will have more and more of these pandemics. So the correlation was given to us right from the beginning by the gang that made that did that operation mm-hmm. yeah we've got we've got to stop climate change so uh, that's it martial law yeah well listen uh, just, uh, oh, go just ahead. finishing off on this uh, the government c- it could prevent the press from reporting something which spreads anger or panic amongst the population of the course. right to free speech could be suspended allowing authorities to arrest and imprison anyone deemed to be stirring up disorder by making their views known uh, and it, it finishes off by saying uh doesn't a lot of the above sound like some of the lockdown provisions in 2020? And as an aside, guess who was drawing the above martial law plans up in 2019? Hmm. Have a guess. Have a guess. It wasn't Trudeau, was it? No, it's Matt Hancock. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, of course. What, yeah. what a surprise! Yeah, no, no, uh, no, no, no. The, the guy who was uh, kind of gotten rid of by apparently kissing somebody in an elevator yeah. uh, because he was just too much of a liability. Yeah. Uh, that that's in, that is interesting. Um, I mean, that was a, that was a fake thing. That was a setup yeah. right from the start yeah. to get him out of the way. But anyway, well, I I wonder if the Canadian government wants the WHO to build in some language there so that governments can raise uh, raid the bank accounts of truckers and people who support. Oh, wait a minute! They already did that. They didn't need the WHO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just uh, decided to take the yeah. money, and that was it. Um, before yeah. we b- before we finish, there was a point that you made about r- rationing and shortages and protests, and I was to the farmers. Yeah, I was kind of hoping yeah. we could close with that. Yeah, well, I mean, it, we're seeing these farmers protests all over the world at the moment. Well, certainly the Western world, um, and it, it it just it, it plays into their hands, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. really plays into the hands of uh, all these tractors uh, descending on Paris. Well, they're not working in the fields, are they? Mm-hmm. So who's doing all that job? Who's doing all that work? Well, that's mm-hmm. nobody, clearly. Um, and how much does it cost these farmers to drive these tractors or that diesel? All these, I mean, some of them are coming from hundreds of miles. It's just, it doesn't make any sense because they're not going to achieve anything. Right. You know, it's just... I, I see them spraying manure and all that. Nobody's trying to stop them. You know, I don't see the riot squad out for them. No. So they're allowed, they've been allowed to do this. And as I say, it, it just it plays into their hands, doesn't it? Because uh, suddenly they'll start talking, oh, well, there's no food. Oh, we, we, oh, we, we couldn't work last year. We were too busy protesting. That's right. You also mentioned the Houthi blocking the shipping lanes. And yeah. I, yeah. 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 Well, the, the Houthi were only blocking Israeli ships, right? Which were carrying stuff to Israel, right? To carry on the war. Now, whether that was oil or whatever it was, uh, doesn't matter. 
But uh, they never killed anybody. They never attacked anybody. They just stopped the ships going. And uh, they've sh now the US and Britain have gone in there, bombed Yemen, uh, killed hundreds of people by all accounts, if not thousands, and uh, they blocked that whole shipping channel for everything. Mm -hmm. So all all that stuff coming from China and all over the world that comes through there is now not going to come through there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So who's causing the problem? Who's co who's who's disrupting the supply chain? Yeah, it's not the Houthis. No, and and back to the farmers. I mean, you made the good point there. First of all, this is the thing about groups and protesting, and why we you, we always have to be wary. Are we looking at something grassroots? And chances are, no, we're not. That there is. Oh, I'm sure there are a lot of people there who think there is. Yes, I know that, and sincere. I I know that this is the case. That they are sincere. That they sincerely feel the insanity of this uh, sustainable agenda and how it is impacting them as farmers. But you said when people can't get food and the farmers and the truckers are blamed because they can't get food, the people will turn on them. Any support that you see for them and their cause, they will be turned on and the government will be the hero because, oh, they had, you know, some stockpiles. Yeah, they'll, they'll, and they'll supply the bugs. That's right. They'll supply the bugs. Uh, well, yeah. We can't get you potatoes, but uh, here's some. Yeah, here's bug fries. See how you like them. Um, and by the way, if you're growing your own food, we're going to impose martial law and come and get it because that's too healthy for you. That's it. Well, listen, we're going to um, wrap it up. You you want to tell people about your upcoming adventure or do you want to save that for your return? What? Go to the UK? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to going obviously to see my family, but uh, it's the usual trauma of uh, dealing with uh, airports. Yeah. Which, which will be interesting because I've not been on a plane for nearly five years now. Yeah. So uh, I used to travel two, three times a year. Sometimes I used to save up all my money when I was when I was still in the UK. I used to save up all my money and get out of the country at least twice a year mm. on holidays. And people say, "How could you afford that?" And I say, "I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do this. I don't do that." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I do it because I've got to get out of this place for five nuts. Well, listen, we will, you will be back. You will have had your big UK adventure and be back in Florida by the time it's time for us to record again. I'll be taking, like I've announced already, two or three weeks off. So this is the last real history until possibly the first week of March when I'm going to be speaking with um, the gentleman who is now living in Thailand, but a gentleman who made an excellent documentary called Awaken the Dream about geoengineering. Uh, there may be some, uh, you know, if I get everything done, I may do something in February, but I've got a lot going yeah. on well, personally. Well, if, I, if, I if you don't hear from me after the 21st of February, it's nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't don't say that. I'll be sending my very best thoughts and giving you some moral support as you go through having to take your shoes off and all of that nonsense. And I hope you have a safe I think, trip. I think they might have stopped that. But I st uh, the last time I was in the airport, they, they, they actually didn't force you to do it. Uh, but I still saw people do it. Mm, they're, wow. all, they're all lining up, taking their belts off, taking their shoes off. And I'd say to them, well, why are you doing that? Like, mm -hmm. I always want to do that. No, you don't. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, listen, have a great trip. And for everybody listening, um, just uh, I'll, I'll be back at least by the first week of March. And Neil will be joining me the second week of March. And we'll have a lot to talk about then. And we may dedicate the entire conversation to all of the crazy things he observed on his travels. Okay, well, I should also be meeting up with uh, Angry North as well. When I'm oh, great! He's not too far from Opiance. Oh, that's great. Well, listen, I really look forward to that, and we may even get Angry North in on that conversation with us then. If you do that, that'll be a lot yeah, of fun. We might have a bit of music to, to let you listen to by then as well. All right, well, that's great. Well, listen, everyone, take care, and I'll be back soon. Thank you. Oh,